0: Today, it's Momo in Ireland. Ramona Shelburne in for Mace. We were both there last night at Crypto.com Arena. And it was a night to remember, to say the least. Um, it Halftime was 15 minutes long. Ramona, didn't feel like it was an hour because it there was did. so much love there. Yeah. yeah. So it started, somebody found an old video of Kobe at the Oscars talking about how great it's going to be when Pau finally gets his number retired. And because Pau is close with Vanessa Bryant, remember if you were at the game or you were watching on TV, he was holding his daughter. His daughter's name is Elizabeth. Her middle name is Gianna named after Gigi. She was born after the accident. So Powell wanted to honor Gigi and gave Elizabeth um, Gigi's middle name. So, Vanessa the night started Lawrence Tanner came on and said everybody turn your attention to the video board and you'll hear Vanessa throwing to Kobe this runs about 45 seconds listen to this
1: it is my honor to introduce my dear friend pal tonight pal was special to Kobe as a teammate as a man and as a friend Pablo Kobe predicted you and he would be together in the rafters here's a little video I want you to watch
2: there's no debate. How, I mean, when he retires, he will have his number in the rafters next to mine. Uh, the reality is, I don't win those championships without Powell. The city of LA doesn't have those two championships without Powell. So we know that. Everybody knows that. And I really look forward to the day where he's there giving his speech at at Center Court in front of all the fans who have supported him over the years. So it's going to be an awesome night.
0: So all of a sudden, you got this voice from beyond, literally. Yeah. This voice that is no longer with us, saying. I can't wait. It's going to be great.
3: And then you look down, and there's Pau Gasol standing in center court. It was eerie. Yeah, he was. Um, that that caught me when. Yeah, I, I, I would never oh, seen that. I me either.
0: And I went, oh gosh, yeah, How, never going to be able to make it through. And not only did he make it through, but I hope this is going to be. This is six minutes. We're going to spend six minutes on this. This was Pow's speech in its entirety, and I hope you guys. Can sense and pick up on how genuinely appreciative this guy is to be up on that wall. Maybe more than anybody who's ever gone up there because the other guys were no brainers. Powell was, well, he's not in the Hall of Fame yet. He probably will be eventually. He was never here. the best player on his own team. He was always second best player to Kobe. I I have argued for years that Powell, like like I argued for Michael Cooper, I think Michael Cooper's going to go up one day, um, that Pau belongs on that wall and he got there and this was Pau Gasol last night at halftime.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. What, what an unbelievable feeling. What an unbelievable honor. I'll start to thank Vanessa. Thank you so much for the video, for the introduction. I think you're here in the building. Thank you for being here. I know can't begin to tell her how much it means to me. Uh, I love you, sister. I'm proud to be your brother. I'm proud to be an uncle to your lovely girls. I mean, looking around, I'm... <laughs> Jeez, sister, I love you. Love you, love you, Uh Man, I'm just overwhelmed to see all the faces here, all of you. Uh, everyone that is here in the building, everybody that is watching from home, just want to say thank you for making me feel so special. It's really been my honor to wear this jersey, to play for this franchise, to help this team, to contribute to this city. It really has. So I thank you. But I can't go on without talking about the person in the face that I don't see. Uh, the brother that elevated me, inspired me, challenged me to be a better player, Just to be a better man overall. I miss him. I miss him so much, like many of us do. I love him. I wish he was here with Gigi. I really do. Uh, But I think he'll be proud. And he was looking forward to this moment. So, love you, brother. As a, as a kid growing up in Spain, I had a dream. I wanted to become a basketball player, play in the NBA. I never in a million years could think that a day like this could have come. Such a huge honor being amongst those great individuals in this amazing franchise. So it just tells you that, you know, just never set any limitations to your, what you can do, what you can achieve. Just push, put in the work, push yourself every day, be the best that you can be. As we know, Mamba mentality. It seems, it seems like it was yesterday when we were here on that Game 7 beating the Celtics. What a night. What a day to remember. I'll never forget it. I think you won't either. Um, and I want to thank my family, my parents, my brothers. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for inspiring me for guiding me, supporting me throughout my life, for loving me. I love you guys so much. I'm one of the luckiest men in the world. One of the main reasons because I married a fantastic and amazing woman and my wife, Catherine. I love you, baby. Thank you so much for our two amazing children that I love so deeply. and this couldn't happen without my other family, the Lakers family, obviously. Uh, thank you, Dr. Bus, Father Jeannie, for, for the vision, your family, Jeannie, for everything that you do. Uh, you're amazing, I love you. Linda, as well. You guys are incredible. Uh, you know, uh, Rob, my brother, thank you for being here tonight as well. Uh, Mitch Kupchak, thank you for the opportunity. Phil Jackson. Phil, you're one of a kind. (laughs) You know that, we all know that. Uh, I love you, thank you for encouraging your players to read. Thank you for introducing me and us to mindfulness. I love you to death. I love you and all your family. Uh, To my teammates, you know, that are here. Uh, Man, I can't thank you enough for elevating me, for embracing me, for taking me in, for making me a better player. I hope that you feel that a piece of that jersey up there is yours because it is. The coaching staffs, the training staff, everyone in the organization, thank you. Uh, you guys make what we do out here possible. Uh, to the city of LA, to Lakers nation, I love you. I love you deeply, I love you forever. Thanking you for making me, making me feel so special. It's been an honor. It truly has. Muchas gracias a toda la afición de los Lakers, la comunidad hispana. Gracias, de verdad, de corazón. To all the media, thank you uh, for everything that you guys do. We're able to reach millions of people because of you. Thank you. I'm joining a very special group of people amongst the Laker family. It's an immense honor. I truly cherish it and thank it. Thank you. Really, I love, I love you. Thank you, thank you so much. And I'll just, I'll just finish with one thing. You know, too much. To those who much is given, much is expected. And I will continue to commit my life to impacting others, to making a difference, to inspiring, to helping others, to making this world a healthier and better place. I love you all. Thank you. I mean, come on.
3: I know. You know what? You know what? I keep hearing
2: now, hearing that again.
3: So, if ever there was a moment he could have made it totally about himself. Right. That was it. And he never he used, did. And he never did.
0: Yeah, he just used six minutes to thank everybody that got him to where he got to.
3: Yeah, and, um, like, and then talk about making the world a better place and actually does it. Yeah. like and actually gets on planes and flies all around the world. Oh, I've, I've told to, this to story to work with kids in Africa and and all over Europe and all over. I mean, he was like the one you didn't have to tell him. Oh, you're contractually obligated to go to the to some community service events. He was just Ramona. There. I cannot
0: tell you how many times he did things that got zero yep. publicity. I told this story the other day. We were doing a we played a game somewhere in like Charlotte. Yeah, and. It went, like, triple overtime, and we got in at, like, we were, the next game was in Memphis, and we got in at, like, 3.40 in the morning, you know, some absurd thing, and the next day, Phil Jackson canceled practice and gave those guys a day off because we had a game that night, and it, you know, that we got in so late, it was ridiculous, and you know me, I can't, I don't sleep. Yeah. So, I'm up the next day, and I see, like, 7 o'clock in the morning. I see Pau Gasol getting in a car. Huh. My buddy John Black was there, and I said, where's he going? I got the day off. He goes, St. Jude's. Goes uh, every time we come here. Yeah. He knows all the kids from when he played here at Memphis. Yeah. St. Jude's is a research hospital in Memphis where you take your kids nor- most often when they have cancer, yeah. and you can't afford to pay. Danny Thomas, the entertainer, Marlo Thomas, yeah. that girl who's his, yeah. is his daughter, they've kept that thing going for you know over 60 years because people give – Donations to St. Jude's, guys yeah. like Powell, and then if you're uh, somebody whose child gets sick and you can't, you don't have insurance or you can't pay for it, yeah. you go to St. Jude's and you don't have to pay anything because and and so Gasol, because he was his parents were doctors and he was going to go into medicine yeah. and then he became a great basketball player so he didn't was comfortable in hospitals, and he gets drafted by the Grizzlies when he's 18 years old in Memphis, and he just starts going once a week to St. Jude's, and he he, he makes friends with all these kids. And so when he would come back as a Laker, he would go in there. And Ramona, there were no TV cameras and no reporters, nobody like you uh, following him, nobody like me. Um, He would just go do it, and he'd come back and play that game last night, and and nobody would ever know about it. And he did it all the time. And so that's why it was so deserved last night. He's just that guy. Did yeah. everybody have somebody in their life where you you're thinking, well, like I can't be that nice. So I'm waiting for the other shoe yeah. to drop. He is. He's
3: yeah. that guy. So he um he was doing a documentary for a Spanish la- it was a Spanish language um production, right? It was you know in his native – By the way, he's like huge in Spain, okay? Of was, course. One of the most funny. we talked
0: about it yesterday, he's it one of the five most famous athletes oh, ever. Oh yeah.
3: He um all the Spanish media had flown in. Like I got interviewed by like five reporters from Spain yesterday. For, right. Hey, El Mundo. You know? And, yeah, uh, yeah. you know. They were asking me, and um, and I, apparently the Grizzlies shoot around. All the Spanish media was in town, so they went over to talk to Santi Aldama. Right? Yeah, who's from Spain. From Spain. Like, oh, it was like they swarmed him. Nobody wanted to talk about John Moran. It was all Pau Gasol, you know, <laughs> Santi. <laughs> so um, they, uh, but anyway, Pau. You know, it was during COVID. I think it was like May of. Let's say twenty twenty or something like that. Like right. right in the middle of the the biggest part of it, okay? And um, he uh, his um, manager asked me if I would sit for a documentary, and this thing is like because it's COVID time. It was like total pain in the butt, pulling like, teeth. Yeah, yeah. Like I had I had to go take a COVID test. Yeah. So that his crew could come to my house and then take over my office for like four hours and film at my house. Like, and it was like really a pain. And, and like everybody had to, I had to like kick my husband out of the room and the baby had sure. to go. There. But I was like literally for pal, I would like do that. I would yeah. do anything for that guy because he's such a prince, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was he's just like you would do stuff for Pow, right? Because he's he would do stuff for other people that he just doesn't have to do. He's just a nice person. Yep. And I thought, like, this is the moment. Like when is, when is he gonna flex? When is he gonna be like I and and even the part where he talks about like, himself like
0: even when Shaq would would, you know, can you yeah. dig it? No, would
3: never do that. No. Like yeah. Pow could talk about how yeah, I might be the smartest player ever to play basketball. Yeah, uh, triangle offense. What do you tell you? You guys thought this was complicated, or you know, he could talk about me getting those rebounds in in Game Seven, right? I mean, he could talk about he had some great Laker moments. Oh, I always I'm a willing passer. Like even his press conference, right. I'm, I'm a willing passer. <laughs> like this is like the way he talks about himself. Yeah,
0: it, it was it was just a great night. Yeah. Um, all right, coming up, I'm in trouble. Oh well, again. Um and it has to do with my adamant take that these games are not must-win. Games are not must-win until if you lose, your season is over. But someone very prominent, and it's not Mason. you know, Mason's an yeah. idiot. The person that said last night that all these games are must-win, I actually have to listen to. I'll <laughs> share that with you coming up. And is it okay if you're a coach to ever talk to a player on the other team? Do it carefully because his coach might not like it. Ooh, we got that coming up. Mason in Ireland, Momo In for May, C S P N L A.
4: Shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Alright,
0: Mason in Ireland. Momo's information. And if you listen to the Toilets! Show, Toilets! <laughs> if you listen to the show, yes, we're uh, celebrating Pau Gasol on the Lakers side. And if you are a Clipper fan, you have this. Toilets! Alright. So, uh, the argument Mason and I have more than any other is that Mason misuses the term must win. Most people do. Must win is the most overused term in sports. Like for example, Lakers play the Raptors on Friday. Yeah. Okay? Is that a must win? No. Mason would say it is. Matter of fact, Mason would say every game is western. Bergman, where do you come down on must win?
1: I I mean, I understand what you're saying, but they are they need to win. Can I call it a need
0: to win? Yes, that would be better. But but now I'm in trouble, because I've st- I've planted my flag that must win is the most overused phrase in all of sports. For example, if the Lakers did lose to Toronto on Friday, it would mean nothing, zero. They would drop in the standings, but then if they went on a five game win streak, they'd yep. be right back to us. So it's the opposite of a must win. It's it would it, it's a would be nice to win. Yeah, it would be good. All right, where am I going to go now? that I work for the Lakers, and I'm the Laker announcer, and Anthony Davis said this last night on TNT when he was talking to Stephanie Reddy after the game.
3: What do you think this game does for this team?
2: Um, it's a, a must-win. Every game we play from here on out, 15 games left, 16, whatever the number is, is a must-win for us, and um, nothing changed tonight. All
0: right, so now AD is on record as saying, every game, Bergman, is a must-win. So, as a shameless Laker apologist and employee of the team, I will now line up behind Anthony Davis and announce, today's game of games is a must-win for me. (laughs) There you go. All right. Everything now is a must-win. I'm going to adopt Mason's position, who once said, and I'm not exaggerating, that the Rams' Week 2 game this year Week two, after they got blown out week one to Buffalo, week two of, of, against Atlanta, Mason declared a must win. Well, because it was a bad team,
1: and the way he was putting it, was, it was a bad must team. Must win. Have to beat the bad team.
0: Sure, must win Well, look what happened to the season. A, everything's a must win now. We have to win everything, or the sky is
3: falling. I guess I'm wrong. You're right. Must win all the time. I mean, I just think he's an athlete speak there. Yeah, like in cliche post game interview thing. Mm-hmm. Like, do you ever do an interview? And you're trying to do that. You're trying to like nail the dismount. Yeah. Okay. Like you're somebody asked you a question the and you just can't find the words that you're supposed to say. So you just keep rambling on. And then all these cliches come into your, yeah. your mouth and they, and then all of a sudden you're like, Oh my God, I just want to stop talking now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I
3: like my entire radio career. Um, um, in no, a nutshell, well,
0: if, if you're going to be on the radio, you can't be adverse to talking. Okay, wait, so, can I tell you a funny story? For yeah, this is just making me
3: think of this. I'm going to tell you a little behind the scenes. Today, at the end of the NBA Today, where I do with Mal- you know, yeah. Malika. Okay. Yeah, who was on there today? Well, so, was it all, because all, today's International Women's Day. Oh, so you so, did all female. It was an all female show. It was today, Malika, me, and Becky Hammond. That was okay. kind of fun. Anyway, we the last segment was on Pau Gasol. And we played all the video and stuff. And then Becky, who coached him, Um, Yeah, we had about 45 seconds and so initially Becky and I were both gonna say something and then I I just want to see how long we had so Becky starts talking and I noticed that there's still like 30 seconds left after she's done and I'm like is this a fill moment or is this a shut up moment like you don't know like say something or shut up and I wasn't sure because Malika paused for a second so I said okay I'll start talking I'll say something yeah so I start talking and Malika real like she paused too long so she didn't she needed me to shut up because right. she she needed she wanted know to be yeah. I didn't know she literally took her left foot and kicked me under the table. <laughs> <laughs> good for her. And I was like, "Oh, got it." Nobody at home knew, right? You can't yeah, see. That's I mean, good for her. Yeah, she like literally like kicked me under the table, and she goes, "Hey, sorry about a- that." And I was like, "No, no, I I knew. I wasn't sure it was like a that little." That is excellent hosting, Malika Andrews. Good for you. <laughs> but like, there, I think Ad is just talking, and it's like. You know, she asks her a question and he's trying to say something and then he just says, Oh, they're almost went at this point. Like I think that was just a cliche that came should out. Should we of his mouth. should we
0: mess with Malika and tell her you're gonna sue her?
3: No. <laughs> no. No, it's good. <laughs> well, she did have pointy shoes on. Yeah. Like pointy heels. I mean
0: it was like a Because in this litigious society that we're in, somebody would sue somebody I'm for so, kicking you into the By the, the table.
3: way, I am so um I I I laugh so hard in the latest Chris Rock special. Have you seen it yep, yet? Saw the whole thing. Oh my god. Thought it was great. Oh my god! Yeah. Like the whole message really is—it's the um, what did he call it? selective out- outrage? Selective outrage. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's all about selective outrage. He's right, cancel culture. By the way. Yeah, he's right about a lot of it. Well, I mean, some how much, of it's how much
1: a did you weird, actually laugh in that? I
3: laughed a lot.
0: Yeah, I did too. Did I you? watched with Lisa. We both laughed.
3: There were yeah. some but that but were we like, cringey.
1: Chris Rock. If you don't I, like Chris, I, Chris no, Rock, I, I do like Chris Rock. I did not laugh much.
3: Um, I, I laugh, but uh, more at the beginning than. Wait a minute! You didn't really laugh got when he
1: he.
0: he there explained.
1: was times where I
3: laughed.
0: There was funny parts. The Meghan Markle like stuff was pretty funny. When he explained how uh, sometimes he I see the whole holds thing. I girls' hands, and other times he does blank, and and uh, he, you can tell whether or not he's seriously involved with the girl oh, yeah. if he yeah. holds hands with her. <laughs> yeah. He says if I'm doing other stuff to you, I'm out of there as the soon stuff as I'm about done. His daughter. Yeah. That was pretty funny. Yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah. I thought it was great. There was um, some other
3: stuff I wasn't into, but you know. Yeah, I think Chris Rock's
0: great. Yeah. All right, so um, this I saw this story. You know, there's all these college basketball tournaments uh-huh. going on right now. So in the CAA tournament, there was a game between Tosin and the College of Charleston. Is that
3: how you pronounce it?
0: Is it Towson? I shouldn't. I
3: don't know. I don't know. I've you, you, seen you, it. it you, looks could, like, you could be right. T- it's toe or Tau. I don't okay, know. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. No idea.
0: Um, so Charleston guard Dalton Bolin walked over. Towards, I'll say, Towson, head coach. All I know
3: is it's in Maryland. Yeah. Head coach Pat
0: Scary. and an what? exchange, What's his name? Scary. Skerry, S-K-E-R-R-Y. Okay. Okay? <laughs> and an exchange of words occurred. Yep. An official quickly stepped in to get things under control. But Charleston coach Pat Kelsey was not about to let the other coach speak to one of his players. So he reached down for oh. what we call his outdoor voice and MF'd that coach up and down. So here's my question. Is it ever appropriate if you're a coach to talk to the player on the other team for anything other than a compliment, anything other than to say, Hey, Greg, you're having a great season. Keep it up. If I say to you, Hey Bergman, Knock that crap off, elbowing my, if you want to elbow my guy in the ribs, we'll give it right back to you. Yeah,
1: I don't have a problem with that.
0: Is it
3: ever you know okay what? to talk to the other team's players? I think so. I've done it. When, hey, I, co- when I coach, in, I on. say stuff to the little kid, like, I'll be like, hey, number five, back up. Give him some room. Give him some room. Come on, number five. See, I disagree with
0: you. I think you play your own ball. I th- I've heard Pat Riley talk about this. Yeah. You coach your team, I'll coach mine. You want to talk to my players, come see me first, especially college and high school age players. What about four-year-olds? Well, four-year-olds, I would hope that everybody's on the same just page. Just like hurting cats.
1: Don't don't run. Don't yell
0: at any of those kids. Yeah, yeah I, would think. I don't yell. I just okay, like, hey, back I would up, think let's think all
3: up. all, vo- oh, no, all
0: adult voices hit. would be voices of encouragement <clears throat> with yes, that's four-year-olds. Right. Yes. That's right. But for college-age kids, Greg, you're okay yeah. with me. You're okay with Mick Cronin yelling at an Arizona if, player?
1: Sure. If you know Tubelis is is like banging up against uh, a Dembona, yeah, I'd be like, hey, get yeah. off my guy. No, like, what that's I would I
0: would do is go to the ref and say, hey. He's molesting my guy. you gonna call that, or I do I need to handle that. it?
1: But yeah, I mean,
0: you, <laughs> <laughs> you know. It, it, so I, I just think that you coach your team,
1: I'll coach mine. Sure, but I think like if you're just you're in the midst of the game and you say something, I don't think any other coach is gonna get upset with you either. Well,
0: apparently they got into a an argument. The player and the opposing coach got into an argument, and that the, and the well, the, then you got
1: to back away at that point. Then you're then you're yeah. yelling at
0: a player. Um, but I I actually agree with the coach that got mad. I agree that I wouldn't want another coach talking to my players.
3: I I think you're right. In the high school and in college, I wouldn't do it. Like if I was, if I was, if that level, if another coach, I was trying, I'm trying to put myself in the players' shoes. If another coach said something to me, I'd be like, (laughs) like definitely, I would get upset. I might even say something back.
0: What do we got, Bergman?
1: So just uh, because you're talking about college basketball, Jim yeah. Bayheim the coach at uh, Syracuse. Syracuse, has retired from the game of basketball after 47 years at his alma mater. Jim Bayheim has stepped down. He has retired.
0: Really? Yes. Boy, you know, there have been people waiting for this for a long time. Uh, some people thought he outstayed his welcome. Other people thought he didn't. Hey, Greg, yeah. take, take a flyer on something. Okay, Trying to get Bayheim?
3: <laughs> no, <McManaman>. call
0: McMenamin. <laughs> McMenamin <laughs> was the manager for Carmelo's team that won the yeah. national title and okay. knows Bayheim really well. He just
3: went back there too.
0: Did the he go back for the 20th anniversary? Yeah. What do you want to
1: ask, you want to ask him about
0: Beheim retiring? Yeah, no, 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 yeah, because this is like a well, mm. and then we could talk to him about the Lakers too. But see if he's available. See if he's around. Right. Um, I, I know you love guests. Yeah, well, no, I mean yeah. this is.
1: I just don't. Yeah, whatever.
0: So yeah, fine. but um, I want to know the real. Yeah, I I wonder you now. Guys do. I don't know if I is know. that that seems to me like a great job.
3: Uh, no. So, no. Now Why? they're in the ACC. Okay. So it's much different than the Big East. Okay. Right? So I think that hurts them a lot. Um, and also, Syracuse, is, I think it's a tougher place to recruit to. Like, it's upstate New York. It's cold and wintery. And, blah, blah, blah. and at the time, um, they, you know they're so famous for that 2-3 zone that they play. But it's not exactly the kind of offense that system that's going to feature guys that are going to the NBA or anything like right. that. So I think it's it's harder and harder. Plus, NIL deals are harder there than yeah. let's say a um, UCLA. Greg, or a, that
0: may be the first shoe to drop too in that um, in that world. I I think Patrick Ewing is probably out at Georgetown too. After yeah. well, that team sucks. Well, and so does he as a coach. But he's Patrick Ewing. He's the biggest name in the history of the school. Yeah. So, like firing him mid-season isn't an option. But if they lose today, I think their season's over, and then you, they can't. They, Toilets. Yeah, they can't bring him back. He's he was like one in mm-hmm. twenty-five in, in conference. So, um, they're, boy, there there could be two big changes of of coaches in two marquee programs uh, that have both won national titles: Syracuse and uh, Georgetown. Okay. All right, I'll have Dave next. Oh, yeah, he, he said he's available. Okay, yep. yeah, we'll talk to him. Okay, so we have McMenamin coming up. And uh, then what's up, fool? Ramona's got the game today in honor of International Women's Day. And uh, we'll have McMenamin next, ESPN LA. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name
4: that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business
0: All right, Mason and Ireland, Momo in for Mace. And breaking news that just happened, uh, Jim Beheim, the longtime coach at Syracuse, 47 years announcing his retirement. And uh, we're using it as an excuse to bring our friend Dave McMenamin on, Dave who covers the Lakers, so we can talk to Dave about last night. And what you may not know about Dave is that he was the student manager at Syracuse 20 years ago when they won that title with Carmelo and knows Beheim well. And so we're using this news to bring our friend Dave McMenamin on. Hi, Dave. How are you?
5: Hey, John. Hey, Ramona. I'm, I'm
0: doing uh, okay.
5: It's <laughs> my phone's been blowing up for the last hour. Actually, for the last several hours, basically since the end of that Wake Forest game, the ACC tournament. And hey, uh, the end wouldn't be the end uh, if it wasn't uncomfortable. If things wouldn't end. It would keep going. That's, so, very, yeah, well, this yeah, that's is, very well. This said. that's very well said. How it goes.
0: So, Dave, tell me what you think Jim Beheim's legacy will be to people like you that went to Syracuse and to Syracuse fans
5: I'll let you guys inside uh, behind the curtain a little bit I was in Syracuse this past weekend for the 20th anniversary celebration of the championship team and there was a little uh, green room um, where a bunch of us that were involved with the team gathered afterwards you know Carmelo Anthony had his New wine, and you know, was treated us all to uh, a toast. And uh, Carmelo said some words, and then Coach Bayhan said some words. And Jim Bam's message was: Listen, there's always going to be the two percent that doesn't get it, uh, doesn't appreciate me as a coach, this team as a program, your team specifically, the 2003 team. People didn't think you were good enough to win it going into that tournament. Uh, but ninety-eight percent of the Syracuse fans you're going to come in contact with, they get it, they understand it, they appreciate it, uh, and this is a huge part of their lives. And you're going to see those people as you crisscross the country, crisscross the globe, and they're going to tell you how much you meant to them. And so I, I think it's kind of that's where I'm at. The, the people who get it, get it. You know, I've been to Syracuse games literally all over the country. Uh, that's my kind of escape from the NBA season. If I can, <laughs> you know, scoot away to get in, in a Syracuse game when I'm on a road trip. I did it this year. The Lakers ended a road trip in Charlotte. The next day they had a game in Louisville. And so, hey, I can fly to Louisville, see that game, and not miss any Laker practices or Laker games because it's an off day for the Lakers. Like, you know, and I, I see people like that, that, that that treat the program that way. And Jim Band, about the program. You're in central New York. You get 100 inches of snow a year, and somehow you get the most attended basketball season year in, year out across the entire country. The only place that's ever really uh, threatened its uh, prowess in that category is Kentucky. Um, Hey, when you hear Kentucky, you think elite, right? Well, you hear Syracuse, it should be considered elite.
3: So why did things get harder the last few years there?
5: You know the same reason why we don't see Roy Williams coaching or coach Mike Krzyzewski coaching or Jay hmm. Wright right on yeah, the p- list good point. basketball changed college basketball completely changed the transfer portal changed habits of recruiting the NIL uh, while certainly uh, I think something that the O'Bannon brothers uh, have been fighting for for 20 years and is a good thing for the game it takes some time to get your 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 hands around and um you now, quite frankly, when you're a man in your late 70s who doesn't really even use email, um, <laughs> there's a learning curve there, and that's what changed. And despite all that, while seeing some of his peers uh, decide they wanted to walk away, Coach Baham still enjoys the art of coaching and being in that huddle and, and making the calls and motivating guys and pushing them to find something inside them that they didn't know they had. That's, that's his joy to vive. And um, he was willing to take the licks uh, of the public reputation to continue to do that. Uh, you know, this year, Syracuse team will be looked at as a failure because they lost in the first round of the ACC tournament. I probably watched 25 of their 30 games or somewhere thereabouts. They were a team that got better as the year went on. And to me, uh, that means that they had a coach that still knows how to coach.
0: Uh, Dave McMenamin is our guest. Dave covers the Lakers for ESPN. Um, Dave, I'm going to pivot and talk about the Lakers, and and the reason we brought Dave on is Jim Bayheim, who Dave knows, just announced his retirement. So that'll be a big story all day today. But Dave, I, geez, you and I together have probably been at I don't know over a thousand, probably closer to twenty five hundred Laker games. I don't know why, but that game last night was top five for me. One of my favorite Laker experiences ever, probably because I like Paul Gasol so much. But I wonder what that was like for you, as somebody who has been through the up and down soap opera seasons of the Lakers. I thought it all kind of came together for Paul last night, at least for one night. What were your thoughts about last night?
5: Uh, it was so cool, and honestly, it was it was just like riding the wave of wave of nostalgia. Cause I went from the 20th anniversary of that championship sure, to, yeah. you know, them celebrating Pau Gasol 15 years after that monumental trade. And so, uh, pal, I think all of us on this call, the segment would agree. He's one of our favorites, uh, yep. just a tremendous person, uh, a, a true professional. And he got it done when it mattered most. And you always respect people like that. Uh, so uh, it was it was great to reconnect with him a little bit. I worked on the story. Um, he was in town uh, for a Lakers event back in January, and we got some time, and you know we started talking, and you know obviously Kobe Bryant comes up, and yeah, the man started crying, and started weeping in front of me, and and you feel those emotions. You know, I think uh, those of us who covered Kobe also would agree that I don't know if we'll ever fully get closure there, uh, but. To be able for him to turn those emotions into eloquent words to describe exactly what Kobe meant to him and the full context of his life, the full context of his basketball legacy, and the full context of, of what he has left to do. You know, he was asked yesterday, um, Do you miss Kobe? He said, Yeah, I miss him. But the way I miss him is to, uh, you know, I can't do anything about missing him, but the, the way I can honor him is to love his family. And that's how I choose to miss him. And um, I thought the crowd was awesome last night. I thought they were reverent when they should have been reverent. And they were loud as heck when they should have been loud yeah. and supporting the current Lakers team. And John, the Lakers locker room has not been a, great place to be the last couple of years. Uh, it was, it was joyous last night. Um, you know, everybody had a smile on their face. They felt content in, in what they just experienced and, and felt, you know, there's momentum behind this Lakers team right now. Uh, it, it was a good night for Laker basketball.
3: Dave, um, you know, one of the things I was thinking about with Powell is, is he really only played like seven years for the Lakers. They won two titles in those seven years. And the end of it was kind of, uh, you know, weird, awkward, weird, yeah. and kind of bad. They tried to trade him, and he was, he was pouting for a while, and he was upset. And I remember when he left to go to the Bulls, I caught up with him the next year, and 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 he, he talked about how much it meant. He wanted to be on a team that wanted him, and you know, they, they the Bulls believed in him, and he's like, I'm not soft, right? Like it meant, like he's like, I have pride, and like this, the way that it, that insinuation had built, um, and I was wondering, like. You know, was it, like, if, if that whole era is different, like, when you look back on that, the ending of that era, right, like, so that's Phil Jackson in 2011 gets, gets he retires, and then D'Antoni takes over, Mike Brown takes over, then D'Antoni, um, how different would things be, like, if Phil just stayed? Like, because we know you and I started out then, right? If Phil just stayed yeah. another couple of years, Pow doesn't move, they don't have the, like, you know, I don't believe in two, what's the what's the famous D'Antoni quote about the post players? I can't remember.
0: He just doesn't
5: use least, them. Least efficient, least efficient playing There it is. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I knew you know it. Opening press conference. <laughs> yeah. Like
3: how could that group of one more if they just if Phil doesn't retire in 2011?
5: I I I think I can get to the hypothetical world you're presenting, yeah. and certainly uh, you know it's probably going to be the last truly dominant post-oriented. Team, yeah, that, that we'll we'll see, uh, but still knew, still knew it was time for him. Uh, I agree, he, with you, Dave. He he, he, t- he said he was he couldn't do the late night meals and all the yeah. travel, and he, he's considering maybe having Kurt Rambis take over some road games, and he knew that would really not be respecting the game, and so it, yes and no, like I, I think there could have been a, a pathway to make it work, but it wouldn't have been with the purity that Phil Jackson treats the game with. Uh, and then beyond that, I think you talk about the true end, even though obviously pal played a couple more years in LA, it was the Chris Paul trade. Yeah.
3: Yeah. You know, that's- the Chris
5: Paul trade that was, was at the finish line and, um, you know, the, the, the world went crazy over it and, you know, it falls apart and basically the Lakers were trying to trade Powell for a couple more years. Ever
0: since. Yeah. Nothing it was a weird, that. you're right. Ramon, it was a weird, Amari Sautermeyer and Kevin yeah. Love and
5: Rajon Rondo <laughs> <laughs> and all these names, yeah. Josh, Josh Smith, all these iterations, Josh um, Smith. that, that were put yeah. together that never occurred.
0: Um, Dave, I, I think I heard your doorbell ring, and so I'll let you Is that go your get Postmates? It. Yeah, I, I hope it's your Postmates. Yeah. Um, but uh, most of <laughs> all, thank you for coming on. I know a ton of people are after you today with the Bayheim news and with everything that happened last night. So thanks for giving us a few minutes, and uh, we'll see you on Friday.
5: Okay, you got it, guys. Thank you. All right,
0: thank you, Dave. Uh, that's Dave McManaman. And uh, coming up next, what up, foo? We'll get, uh... <laughs> You're getting better at saying that. Yeah, we'll get uh, Brionis and Bergman in here. They'll throw a bunch of stuff at us, ESPN LA.
1: Thanks, Chris. All right, so I was looking at the NBA standings this morning, and did you know that only two teams in the West have winning records on the road? The Nuggets are sixteen and fifteen, so just barely over wow. five hundred. And the Kings are eighteen and thirteen. Wow! The Clippers-
0: Sacramento has the best road record in the West. In the West, yeah. Wow! The, the,
1: the Clippers are eighteen and eighteen, so they're right there. But
0: light the beam. <laughs> yeah, light
1: the light beam. Light the beam. Yeah. So, the, but the Kings have the best road record. But there's only two teams in the entire West. So, why do you think that is? And is it a bad omen for the West in the playoffs?
0: No, um, because the playoffs are all matchups. And Ramona, but a lot I, of it on the road. Um, yeah, but I think. Um, that with all the juggling that happened at the trade deadline, there's a couple of teams, regardless of record, that you don't want to play. For example, now that the Lakers are ninth, okay, let's say they get to the six. Well, I don't want to get to the six if we got to play Phoenix in the first round because Phoenix is a team nobody wants to play. But if we can get to the six and play Memphis – by the way, breaking news, John ja Morant they just announced is out for at least the next four games.
3: Yeah, that's it's gonna be a while. Let's so and that that's way. and
0: when I say at least, that means it doesn't necessarily mean only four. It it could be longer than that. But so Greg, I I think what you want, it doesn't bode poorly for um for the West necessarily, but you want matchups that you can control. As a Laker fan, I'd love to get Sacramento in the first round. I'd love to get Golden State in the first round. We match up good against those guys. I don't want Phoenix. I don't want the Clippers. We don't match up great against them.
1: So, like, in the finals, do you feel like, Momo, maybe you know, like, would, would you want a team, does it bode badly for the West against teams that are actually playing well in the East? You know, on the I
3: really think the road record splits are, are because the conference is so evenly matched. It's because it's so much parity people generally tend to hold serve at home and lose on the road. When things are close, you lo- you win at home and you lose on the road. So I think that's just a reflection of that. What's that, fool? All right. So this
1: morning, I was walking into the building, and a guy was on was on a meeting on his phone. He had his phone on speakerphone for the entire time. Where were you? I was walking. So I was. Uh, so I knew that what they were talking about because they were talking about social media and their Facebook and their Instagram Ugh. numbers and the whole thing. He had it on the speaker on the uh, walking through the lobby downstairs. Okay. And in the elevator with three other people Ooh. on the way up. Can't do it. I got off on the second floor, but two questions. What would you do in this situation? And what is the and the other question is what is the polite way to tell someone to take their phone off speakerphone in an elevator?
0: Uh, I don't think you, you you don't want a confrontation. Yeah. And and, and since they're on a call, you uh, you can't. I, I I don't think you can interrupt their call. But I would immediately, even if I didn't have anything in them, I would immediately right in front of them take my earbuds out and put them in my ears. Yeah. You know, just to say like.
3: Come on, man. What you if can't... you took a call right in front of them and talked really loud so that they had to. <laughs>
0: right. Oh, that's you awesome. Hear me?
3: <laughs> Hi, honey. What's for dinner? Yeah, can put you, it on like, speaker.
1: Can you like motion to them? Be like, hey, like to take your phone and. Come, I'm sorry, like, put I can't I hear ear. you. There's someone
3: else in the elevator with their phone on speaker. <laughs> come on, man! Like, what are you doing? You're in the middle of an elevator with four people. You know, my dad does this. Like, he's over. He'll be over at my house, and he'll like take every call, like right at the table, and he'll do it on his watch. You know, like he can't even get out. He get get his phone out, and I'm like, I don't need to hear you confirming your doctor's appointment. What's happening here?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a weird one. I think yeah. you just, you, the, the guy The guy doesn't realize he's being a jerk, but you, I oh. think, Greg, you'd make it worse if you confronted him, don't
3: you? Yeah, you probably would, but I kept looking at him. He kept, he would look at you. Yeah, it give him a dirty matter. look. I think your earbuds thing is the right. Yeah. That's,
1: yeah. A, that's a good one. But and
3: I this, like, roll your eyes out. him am like, really?
0: And then <laughs> yeah. take your earbuds oh, yeah. in. Yeah, and so that's oh, no, way better, John. <laughs> I was like, I was in there
1: like looking, glaring at him like, what are you doing? And didn't or, do anything. Or, hey,
0: hit him in the knee with a toy dodger bat.
2: Is that okay? If We have
1: one in hand yeah. <laughs> That's assault, brother. What's that, <laughs> yeah. uh, All right. So the other day I walked into a bar and I saw a jukebox. So it got me thinking, if we all go to a bar and we
0: see this jukebox, Kay. what is your go-to song? Uh, you ready? Go
3: ahead, John. No, go first.
0: So go I've got a couple f- of
3: them. I, me too. The one I always do is Joan Jett, I Love Rock and Roll. Okay. Okay. Um, and then I also oftentimes will do the uh, Don't Stop Believin'. Journey. Yep. Okay. And uh uh if I if I'm really feeling it, I'll do some I Will Always Love You. Really? Yeah. If you played that, I literally have you sweet. No, no. Man. Mem- I would have you yeah. thrown out of the bar
0: if you play I Will Always Love You. No, there's there is
3: Yeah, me.
0: This is on my well, uh, uh my golf long. rock and roll right, playlist. Yeah. Um uh Greg, the answer to your question, or uh, Jorge, the answer to your question is um is Feeling Alright by Joe Cocker, a can't-miss song on any jukebox that puts anyone in a good mood okay. right away. And plus, it's Joe Cocker. Yeah. This. You hear this song, come Yeah, that's on, a good one. And you're like, hey, I haven't heard this song in a while. And then he says this.
1: It just gets people moving. What does he say there? Because I can't understand what he's saying.
0: What do you mean? What? Listen. Left here on my own, or so it seems. I've got to leave before I start to speak. Okay. Someone locks the door or took the key. You feeling all right? This is a this is a good sign to pick you up. What's yours, Jorge? Oh, uh, that's a good one. This, yeah. this would be Masons. You have one, Bergman?
1: Uh, no. I was. I was. It's funny. I had a question about very similar to this that I'm not going to do. But I was driving in this morning, and Drive by Incubus came on. That is a. Great that's a good song. song. It's a great song.
0: Um, Greg, update from your previous question. Yes. So, uh, James Porras uh has a suggestion. Was it him? Uh, no. Of how you should have handled the guy in the elevator. Tell me what you think. Okay. Yeah. Fart really loud in the elevator. <laughs> Only good response for a guy having a call on speaker. That would be
1: a good response. That would be a really really good one. Yeah, did. I should do that. I might if I if I really tried that though, I'd probably end up like Kika Hernandez and one of those. Yeah, games. too much information. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so uh, I got to get back to my page now. Um, One second while I find this. It's uh, ESPN is trying to do something really cool. They want to create a TV guide that essentially creates a live sports content hub to make it easier for fans to find and access a given game. I read about
0: this. Even if it's not on ESPN. Right. It wouldn't matter yeah.
1: what network is on either. It's MB- NBC, <laughs> okay. CBS, Amazon. It doesn't matter. Fans would be able to visit ESPN.com or the free ESPN app to see where a game is airing, be able to link directly to the platform streaming it, sign up for the service if they need to, and watch the broadcast. This is is excellent it would fix the streaming it would fi- fix the streaming different games issues that i have but isn't it just regular cable all over again
0: right but it's anything that makes it easier to find a game in one place like greg you've said many times as a cord cutter the biggest hassle right is moving from one game to another yeah Sucks. um so if they made it easier if you could do it in one or two clicks like right now in my bedroom tv yeah i have a smart tv so when i'm on direct tv Everything is easy. You just go to the grid. Yeah. You move around. You're okay. Once I go to the smart TV and I'm I'm and all the apps are right there. It, it's a little bit of juggling, but it's not too bad. Greg, you have to go do that every time you you watch a different every show, right? Time
1: it happened the other day. I was watching a Laker game and a UCLA game at the exact and they both
0: games were one point games with like and there's no two easy left. way to navigate between the two of them. If you're a true streamer, if you're a true right. cord cutter, it takes. Sometimes up to a couple of minutes to get the game up and going, Yeah, right? it, ta- it takes maybe not a couple of minutes, but it does take time in between to
1: get to it. And you're just like 30, 45 seconds to try and get this Nether game on. And it's extremely frustrating.
3: So if I have a guide, it'd be easier. But I feel like that's just cable. Yeah. You know what the best thing is, is uh, when you can go on the guide for cable and like yeah. search by sport. And you don't have to like... But I love when I can just do it with the uh, remote where I use my voice. You're like, See, I have this, but yeah. I don't use it.
0: You do you fi- use
3: it? I try. It doesn't work the way I Are think you're it's Are you talking about going- for an Amazon Fire Stick? Yeah, no, have- For I have like the Apple TV. Okay, I have that too. And I'll be like, find you know NBA basketball. And it should go there, but I, you can't do it unless you're streaming it. You right, have one it on one solution,
0: I'll, I'll, I'll offer this out to people. Um, and I'm not just saying this because they advertise with us. Call Mirror. Audio, video, in Westwood? Mm. Yeah. Isaac can simplify all that stuff. He can, like, if you want to be able to maneuver from one thing to another, he's got a lot of good ideas. Or stick your head in the showroom and he'll show you. He's got, like, every TV gadget known to man. He's got all the new Apple TVs, the new Amazon Firesticks, and most of all, he's got all the new big screens. So if you're looking for uh, solutions to this particular problem, go see Mirror, Audio, Video, in Westwood.
1: Uh, I need a new TV, so maybe I'll just go talk to then him. Then you need to go see him like my after 47 the show. 47-inch TV that's probably about 10 years old, probably yeah. not getting it done anymore.
0: Well, here's the thing: you're too small. You got to go big.
1: That's a mean. That's just mean.
0: Yeah, you got to go big. Like, 47, those are like, pretend you're dyslexic and go 74.
1: Yeah, well, that's what you need. That's what I need. I need to be able to then put TV it up on my as wall, big as a wall. 85. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Give me the hundred inch.
0: All right, is that it? <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Okay, hundred inch. God, I'd love to have a hundred inch TV. I don't think I have one big enough, a uh, place big enough in my house to put it up. Momo and I have the same TV. That's Sony. It's so good that Isaac sold us. Yeah. is so good. Oh my gosh, it's it, it's got like everything under the sun. Um, all right, so I always tell people that if you ever get lucky enough. To go to Saturday Night Live, you get a choice between going to the rehearsal or to the live show. Yep. You would think common sense would dictate, well, I want to go to the live show. That's not the right answer, and I'll explain why coming up next, ESPN LA.